You're listening to Liberty Buzzard with Dustin Hammett and Thomas Umstead Jr. Welcome back to Liberty Buzzard. I am Thomas Umstead Jr. With me is Dustin Hammett here to pick through the news on the highway of American discourse. And uh, a few episodes ago, we talked about how IHOP uh, said it was changing its name to IHOB uh, with the B for International House of Burgers. And we have some developing news. Uh, the latest from IHOP is that it was all a big bamboozle. So while we thought it was some middle management person trying to leave his stamp on the company, instead, it was a very, very savvy PR person who just got billions of dollars of earned media of everyone talking about IHOP's new burgers, which no one knew before that they even sold. Thomas, I got to tell you, it's absolutely genius. Uh, I'd like to find whoever that PR person is and give them a raise, even though they don't work for me. That is absolutely genius. Well played, IHOP. You got me. You got me good. <laughs> and it's because you expect companies that you love to change their logos and their names to something that you hate. Like it plays into the narrative that you already have about big companies. And so they played on that in a very clever way. So props to you, IHOP. Uh, maybe we'll actually consider having a burger there, especially because apparently there's a burger crisis uh, in Texas. Uh, Dustin, tell us about that. Well, I mean, Thomas, this could possibly be the most important news of our age. Uh, some have told me they think it's the sign of the apocalypse and the sign of the end of times. And I'm kind of inclined to agree with them right now. In Texas, Central Texas especially, we have been affected by what's called Breadgate. Uh, apparently, there is one bread supplier, one white bread supplier for all of these fast food restaurants around here in Texas. Whataburger, In-N-Out, and I think Sonic was the other one. And apparently, Thomas, they made a bad batch of bread. On Monday, dun, 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 dun. On Monday, it was so bad that In-N-Out had to shut down operations in Central Texas for the entire day. Shut down the restaurants because they had no white bread. And then the next day... Whataburger announced that they weren't serving any white bread because of quality issues. And I think there was another, I, I, I want to say it's Sonic yesterday, announced the same thing. Thomas, I mean, it's mass hysteria out there. Uh, I think I saw a, a cat I mean, chasing what, a dog. What did we eat? Uh, I, it was, it was <laughs> uh, unbelievable. The sun rose, the sun rose in, the in the west. west. It, was, it was chaos. It was, just, it was, it was madness. Madness. <laughs> Hillary Clinton said something about, nice about Donald yeah, Trump. I, I mean, that's how bad it was. Yeah, speaking of the end of the world, I don't know if you've been following the developments with net neutrality, but a lot of people feel that the end of the internet world is upon us as of this week. I have not been following net neutrality, so you- Thomas, uh, and I think you know this. Uh, I know a little bit about it, but uh, Thomas is going to have to do some nerd explaining to me uh, to kind of bring me into the loop. So, <laughs> Thomas, can, can, can you help, help a fellow out? What, what the heck are you talking about? All right. So, uh, first off, I love the term nerdsplaining. I just learned it today, and I feel like that explains a lot of my life. Hopefully, I'm nerdsplaining and not mansplaining. (laughs) But uh, anyway, uh, net neutrality is uh, an idea of how the internet works. So, when you turn on a light switch, the power company is not making a judgment call as to whether or not that light switch is important. They're just providing electricity blindly to your house. The same with the Uh, water company, and all of the other utilities. Net neutrality is the philosophy 
that companies that provide you internet have to do the same thing, where all bits that travel down the internet pipes to your computer are treated equally. There's no fast lanes, there's no slow lanes, it's all the same. And there is this idea that if you don't have net neutrality, some companies will get charged um, extra to in, in order to stay fast or to get into the fast lane. So uh, if your company that provides you internet, let's say they're owned by a cable company that also provides you television and they don't want you getting your TV from Netflix, they want you to get their TV from them, they may charge Netflix a fee uh, to keep you know the, your movies from being buffered. That sort of thing. So that is kind of the essence of how net neutrality works. And during the Obama administration, they passed a regulation uh, forcing net neutrality to be the law of the land. It wasn't a law passed through Congress. It was a law that went through the um, FCC. And it was a decision. And one of the things Trump ran on was getting rid of net neutrality. And he put a new guy in front of uh, or in charge of the FCC who drinks coffee out of big Reese's mugs. And he's a bit of a character. Uh, he's very famous for that. And he they uh, undid the, the rule a few months ago. And this week, the uh, rule went into effect. So now ISPs no longer have to provide you with net neutral internet. Uh, now, where this gets really scary is when it becomes a form of censoring speech. And I actually have a friend who's a missionary in Indonesia, and she saw this happen. If you weren't on Facebook or one of the favored websites, it could take five minutes or longer for your uh, website to load. And so she was a Christian and uh, she wasn't able to get any of her websites to load for people in Indonesia because of the lack of net neutrality. And so she had to do all of her communication through Facebook. And that is a scary place to be when Facebook is the more reliable way to communicate because Facebook censors the heck out of what you say, right? We post a link to this show and almost no one sees it because Facebook's algorithm will hide it for most people because it's a link away from Facebook. And yet in Indonesia, that's the faster, more reliable way to get the word out, uh, even than just regular internet. So that's the that's net neutrality. And I used to be in favor of net neutrality, but I am now actually not oh, in favor. Oh, you're neutrality. a flopper. I have evolved. <laughs> I have evolved. I have flip flopped. So uh, that said, I, I agree with the idea of net neutrality. I think that I should be able to buy net neutral internet. But I think that the government forcing net neutrality with the use of regulation is actually the wrong way to go about it. And it's the wrong, it's solving the wrong problem. So the reality is, is that if you were, say, in England, where you have a choice when you buy internet of 20 different companies who are going to provide high-speed internet to you, um, some of those companies could say, we're going to provide cheaper internet and it's not net neutral. And others could say, we're going to have more expensive internet and it's net neutral. And the market lets you decide. And you can, if you want net neutral internet, you can pay for it and it all works out. The real problem in the United States is that there is no market for internet. You have a, the government gives monopolies to companies to provide internet or duopolies. So for me, I have two choices. I can have Spectrum or I can have AT&T. So I can die by poisoning or I can die by a bullet to the head. <laughs> uh, right now I'm, I've chosen the poisoning uh, with Spectrum. I'm hoping that I will not die before Google comes and provides their glorious fiber. But in cities where Google comes in and provides even just one third option, 
uh, often the price of internet falls by half and the speed doubles, just the existence of some actual competition. And the real problem that we have in the United States is that there's no competition. People have really slow, bad internet. Uh, even if they live in the middle of a dense urban area, they still have slow, bad internet. And that is just wrong. We shouldn't have the, like 40 slowest internet uh, in the country, in the world. You go to other countries and they have faster internet that's cheaper. And it's like, why? It's like, well, because their regulatory structure is structured in a different way. Um, so I, I don't, I, I both agree and disagree with what Trump's doing here. <laughs> he's not solving the problem. Uh, and he's making the band, he's taking off the bandaid. Uh, that was making the problem feel less bad, uh, but he's doing nothing to keep uh, these companies from merging. And like AT&T and Time Warner are merging. Uh, fortunately, um, Spectrum is now no longer a part of uh, Time Warner. But it's like, it's really scary because I want choices in my internet. So it sounds, Thomas, like uh, so you just nerdsplained the heck out of that. And I was trying to keep up. All right, but the hamster fell off the wheel to kind of stumble a little bit there. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to say this back, make sure I say it right. So basically, what we're talking about is the deregulation of Internet, right? Did I get that right? Right, of this particular regulation. Okay. And net neutrality was the government regulating the Internet, saying you have to treat everybody the same. Is that pretty much it? Right. So it, it's a weird regulation because it's a regulation that tells the uh, ISPs that they can't then regulate. So it's a regulation against a regulation on the corporate level. So this often pits people who are more afraid of the government against people who are more afraid of big evil corporations. And I am like afraid of both of those things. I, I feel that big evil corporations are more likely to censor you uh, than the government is often, right? Like I don't often get censored by the government. I don't know if I've ever been censored by the government, but I'm censored all the time by corporations and the social justice warriors that influence. Well, no, that's, that's, that's very kind of interesting because, like you said, you're not censured by the government because you have protection of free speech, right? Whereas the big companies, uh, they by, by moral necessity, they are private companies. They can do as they please. And it's like Facebook. You know, you can sit there and scream to your blue in the face about how they censor, uh, censor your podcast or what have you. But they're a private company. And if you are a true, true free market capitalist, then you have to be able to not like it and at the same time support their ability to do it. But I guess what we're really discussing here is government regulation versus unfettered capitalism. And this is always that, that deep gray area where, uh, where, where free market capitalists, you know, the hardcore libertarian types really kind of stumble because you have to recognize you have to recognize people are jerks and people are even worse jerks when they're rich and they don't have any consequences. Uh, and, uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's, man, you know, I really didn't pay a lot uh, of attention to the whole net neutrality. I know that, uh, people who are more in tune to technology like you, uh, have, have a lot to say about it. Yeah. The real problem is that, uh, we don't have the actual free market. So like deregulating net neutrality didn't cause the flowers and rainbows of the free market to break out. Time Warner still has a monopoly on the cable that they have brought to my house. Uh, 
and they're the only ones who can provide internet on that cable. And I have two two wires that come to my house. I have an AT&T wire and a Time Warner cable uh, wire. And those companies were subsidized by the government and granted monopolies by the government. And so it's it's not just that like, oh, the government's not taking the role to like break up the trusts. It's like, no, the government created these monopolies. <laughs> it's like, that's not free market. That's closer to fascism than it is uh, to capitalism, where you have powerful companies being granted exclusive rights uh, to sell you uh, certain services. And how that works with uh, in Texas with power, at least in a lot of Texas, is that, yes, there's a line that brings you uh, electricity, but any number of companies, we have deregulated electricity, and any number of companies can put electricity onto the grid and be your electrical provider. And what that's done is it's created this huge amount of variety. You can have an electric company that's like, we're more expensive and we're all green energy. And another one who's like, we're, you don't, we're the cheapest that there is and our customer service is awful. And somebody who's in the middle of the road and a dozen other options that are different and have unique choices. And it's like, that's a beautiful thing. Uh, why can't we have that with internet? <laughs> why can't we have choices? Uh, I remember back in the days of dial-up, you had you know 20 different dial-up companies that you could choose from. And they had to compete for your service. You know, a, a, uh, AOL carpet bombed the world with CDs and floppy disks. You remember that? It's like every time you shook a magazine, an a AOL CD would fall out of it. I'm uh, pretty sure were... most of those CDs have formed an island in the middle of the Pacific, of the, the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's 75% AOL CDs. <laughs> uh, America on island. Uh, yeah. So, but you don't have that, right? Uh, AT&T is not trying and competing to try to get you to sign up for their service. And uh, Time Warner doesn't really want to provide you internet. They want to provide you a package of internet, telephone, and television, or sorry, spectrum. And if you try to buy just internet, you have to basically pay the same as if you would pay for any two of those other things, right? They price it really high just to, because they're really trying to sell you their, you know, cable as well. And I tried that, right? And the problem is I just don't watch TV. <laughs> we pay for it and we'll go a whole month and watch zero things. I'm like, why am I paying for this TV? And um, I just want there to be more freedom and options. And I, I'm not sure how to do that because like the government signed contracts with these companies that give them these really long um, monopolies, but there's got to be a, a free market path forward that's not trying to fix bad regulations with more regulations because that gets you in this spiral that just flushes you down the toilet of tyranny uh, when you try to regulate your way out of problems that you created with other regulations. And that's absolutely true. And it just invites corruption and, and people being jerks on a different scale. So, I mean, that's really interesting because what you're talking about here is essentially you're talking about information or access to information being like a utility, like electricity or water, uh, living kind of out in the, out in the country myself, you know, my internet providers are going to be, uh, the, the radio towers and there's several to choose from. They're all expensive. None of them are as good as the stuff you get in town. Uh, but I do have a, a wide range of choices. And so if, if one tries to play me, I can always go to the other. So I will tell you the bright side about overpaying, well, overpaying, overpaying in relation to the city, about paying a lot of money for good internet out here in the country is the fact that whenever I call my internet service provider, I, I, I get somebody, a real live human being picks up on the second ring every single time. And I will tell you, the customer service has absolutely been fantastic. And I will say that's one of the, the, the bright side of going with a small company out here in the country. 
Uh, I remember about what, when I lived in the suburbs, you know, you would call up, uh, who was it? I, I can't, I think it was Comcast. You would call up Comcast and, you know, you'd spend 30 minutes on hold before you actually talk to a live human being and you had to talk to a computer first. And it was, it was absolutely, absolutely frustrating. So if I have to choose between the two, I kind of prefer to pay a little bit more and talk to a human being and have a smaller company and have a greater range of choice. Uh, that's kind of what I lean toward right now. That said, I am an absolutely against anybody uh, being able to regulate free speech. And it kind of worries me when the an oligarchy of powerful companies has the ability to control who can say what and when. Uh, the, the idea of an oligarchy of, of powerful gatekeepers disturbs me because then who is shaping policy, who is shaping thought, who is shaping discourse, but those very few uh, very, very few companies like the Facebook and the Twitter dramas that are, that are going on in the, in, in the, in the social media sphere these days about how they censor free speech. Uh, it's, it's, it's a slippery slope. I mean, just think how powerful your access to the internet is, right? That's how you communicate with your family. It's how you find out what's going on in the world. It's how, if you're me, how you do your job, right? Like of all of the utilities, the internet in some ways is the most important, right? If I have, if my water goes out, I can still function as a citizen for a while, right? I can go buy water with money I make on the internet, you know, like you, but if you have no access to the internet, you are completely cut off from society. I mean, it, it's it's not like it used to be where it's this optional thing you have on the side. Now, if you're if you don't have a clean, clear access to the internet, uh, you might as well be in another country in some ways. <laughs> it's like you can't even call somebody on the phone because the phone calls go over the internet. And so it's really important for that to work and for that to work fairly. And so in that way, I'm like, yes, internet net neutrality. We need that. We don't want these companies to have this control. But on the other hand, it's like, gosh. But this government regulations, like the government regulating the Internet is really scary. Um, why can't we just let the free market happen? So I realize it's kind of a nuanced middle of the road position, but that's what I like to have here on the Liberty Buzzard, where we kind of uh, look at it from both sides. <laughs> well, and, and the important thing is, is this, it's not an easy question to answer uh, because you make good arguments for both sides. You know, on, on, on the one hand, you got this. On the other hand, you got this. And there's there's a there's a range of stuff in the middle. And what's the right answer? I don't think we found it yet. But just to touch on something that you already said is it's really interesting how in the past 28, 20 yeah, about 20 years now, the internet has completely permeated every facet of our everyday life. Um, and I, I think it's really interesting, Thomas, how you said that if you if you lose water, you'll be just fine. But if you lose internet, it's like the end of the world because it wasn't that long ago where uh, I would, you know, as a kid um, growing up in the early 90s, I would go biking uh, all over town with with you know with my friends and not be back until it got dark no cell phone my parents didn't know where i was i don't i as long i for the most part i don't think they cared as long as i came home at night um but today if you don't have a gps tracker on your kid you know you're considered a bad parent you'll probably get uh, you probably get your kids taken away from that and it's just really interesting how as 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 a, much of a wealth of information it is and how cool it is to have a world of knowledge at your fingertips that you can access at any time that you want, how we've also kind of become slaves to it as well. I know I have. Uh, I've got it straight out, you know? When it's the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning, I look at my phone. And it, I'm not entirely sure that's a completely healthy thing. I'm kind of trying to break myself of that habit, but that's pretty much what our society has come to. 
Yeah, it it it's a lot of change. We went, you know, society goes through changes and kind of spurts. And we, the internet is a big change in the sense of like how it affects how we interact with each other. And you know, even my grandmother's on the internet. She's eighty nine years old, and she's on Facebook and sends emails. And you know, it's it, I feel like it. We're very close to having like full penetration, especially with phones. You know, even people who are low income are able to get phones that access the internet. So the digital divide is, you know, getting more and more pushed to the edges of of society. So overall, I'm optimistic, and I will say we had an unregulated internet for the first. You know, all but the last two years of it, and we didn't have any problems with the companies uh, flexing their muscles. So we have not seen any instances in the U.S. of what Indonesia, of what we see in Indonesia with uh, ISPs abusing their power. Uh, but I do feel like it's only a matter of time. I will say though, I'm not concerned about Netflix. Uh, everyone's like, "Oh, Netflix will get put out of business by these powerful ISPs." False. Netflix is more valuable as a company than Disney. And Disney owns Star Wars and Marvel and ABC and ESPN. Netflix is more valuable in terms of market cap than all of that put together. Uh, so I'm not concerned that like Netflix is at threat by um, by net neutrality. I think what's more at threat are the little guys who, if the ISPs start demanding tribute payments, that they won't be able to pay for it. It's like going through the forest right now. There's no outlaws in the forest, but we just took the sheriff of Nottingham out of the forest. And he was a scary guy, but now who knows? Maybe Robin Hood will start robbing you if he thinks you're too rich. Yeah, uh, it, it's 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 pretty funny. Uh, you know, it's like I don't know if uh, I don't know if if the comparison is just, but I'm going to make it anyway. Uh, based on my based on my what what I saw as a Marine in Iraq, you know, you had the Iraq, which is pre Saddam Hussein, which was a terrifying place to be, um, for a lot of people, yet it was stable. And then you have the Iraq after Saddam Hussein, uh, which was a terrifying place to be, uh, and not stable at all. So, uh, you know, no, uh, our, 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 one of our, one of our mutual likes, the, the author of the history of Rome podcast, uh, said it really well when he was discussing, uh, uh, Claudius or, uh, no, I'm sorry, Tiberius, which I was listening to that uh, episode yesterday. And he said, um, the chaos of order or the chaos of chaos, which one is more terrifying. And sometimes it's the, I'm sorry, not chaos of order. The, 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 uh, um, the brutality of order, uh, is, uh, the tyranny of order is sometimes more, uh, terrifying than the chaos that uh, that precedes it. So I don't know. It's 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 an interesting place to be. Um, I think that uh, I think that if it ever crosses the line of being an issue with free speech in America, if the government has a hand in it, then we as a people have the ability to say this isn't right. This goes against free speech. You can't do this. If the government doesn't have a hand in it then we really don't have a, a leg to stand on because you know we can only we can only sue uh, or make an issue of free, free speech where the government has a hand in it. So um, I think that's about the only real issue that we that we face with net neutrality is the whole aspect of free speech. Talking about bread and circuses, I think most people don't give a crap about free speech as long as their Netflix works. I think really the only problem that we're going to face in this nation, if Netflix goes down or if you can't watch Westworld or Game of Thrones on HBO because your internet's slow, that, my friend, 
is when the revolution begins. That's the real tell. That's the real sign right there that the, that the end is coming is when you can't watch Netflix. They came for our white bread and we did nothing. And then they came for our Netflix and it was the end. Bread and circuses, baby. We want to know what you have to think. So uh, if you happen to listen to this little podcast, please drop us a line. Let us know what you think. Are we, are we droning on about net neutrality too much? Would you like to hear something different? Give us a give us a call. Drop us an email. Let us know. I'm Dustin Hammett. I'm with my co-host Thomas Umstadt, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.